This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Thursday, November 9th. This is episode 415. My name is Dan Ellis, and I'm joined by two awesome co-hosts, Mr. Ryan Duffy. That's this sexy mustachioed man right in front of you. Son of a bitch. Look at that I guy. Mm, he's got I the handlebars going. At it. <laughs> and Mr. Taylor Grin. Yes, master. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the bells. The bells. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, uh, we didn't record last week. Um, I can't even remember why. I think, I think work we're... was shitty for both of you. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. probably. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, uh, I forgot to give you guys the latest update on my work. Well, yeah, uh, uh -oh. the, the, the pre-show chit chat. Uh, did you, say, did you take the big project? Yes. Uh, it's the first time that I've had to sign and NDA at work. Oh, wow. Uh, for oh, the IRS. Wow. I, I've had to sign NDAs at former employers, just like as an overarching. Mm -hmm. uh, what was it about? <laughs> 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 well, it's, it's so, it's so yeah, it's uh, so in prior <laughs> employment, I've signed NDAs um, just as part of your regular employment with the company, right? That you can't release proprietary information that you may create for the company or that they have in the hopper, or whatever you can't, you can't divulge company secrets basically. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is the first time I've had to sign an NDA for a government job. And it's interesting. Um, and it's, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the project is a very big deal that I can't say a whole lot about, but it's nifty. Um, and, I'm super busy. I'm so, uh, you know, I was doing the job of two or three people before and I'm still pretty much doing that. And then in the meantime, uh, they had me take on a couple other duties that are basically full-time gigs and then this new big project. And so I'm just I, like, I keep, every time I think, that I'm going to get like a break in how much work I'm going to have. And there's, there's a little bit of a lull. There'll be like, you know, two, some, sometimes three weeks where work, you know, is lowered to bearable levels. And then it just picks way back up again and I get super busy and swamped and feel like I'm drowning and start having nightmares about falling behind and shit. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but it, will probably be a well it will probably be a good career move um there's a lot of it's a very highly visible position um yes senator dan <laughs> tracy has told me that i can never actually work in politics um she she would she would not do that she would not allow that she's not up for that kind of scrutiny um well, if you ran for politics every episode of this show would be scrutinized, I guarantee oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I was gonna say, you know, aside from even Tracy's discouragement of of me entering the realm of politics, it's uh, yeah, I'm an atheist. I'm a very outspoken atheist. I'm an activist. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff that people from every walk of life won't like that I have to say about stuff. So mainly those on the right, but I don't care. Fuck them. <laughs> they can go eat a bag of dicks. Uh, with their shitty, unhelpful, harmful, in fact, opinions and policies. Uh, but yeah, so work has just been super busy. Um, that's about all I can say about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's What's new with you guys? Let's Let's start with you, Taylor. Uh, work has also been super busy. Um, I've been recently taking on some extra responsibilities at work, which has been good. Um, 
because uh, I've needed it. Like I've been in kind of a, a professional lull for a little while. So this has been good for me. Um, it's made me kind of exhausted though, because now I'm waking up way earlier than I normally do. Um, and I'm not a morning person. And I also stopped drinking energy drinks. I was drinking like two monsters a day. That's bad for um, Yeah, basically like since before I went to Qatar and uh, kicked that like week and a half ago, like a couple days before I started taking on the additional stuff that was making me wake up super early. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, now it's just cocaine from here on out. <laughs> I mean, keep it pure. <laughs> but I actually do feel a lot better. So there's that. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I'm smoking a lot less, but, uh, I can only kick one habit at a time. So that will, <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm that will have so to wait. glad. Yeah. I'm so glad I quit smoking years ago. That was, that's, that's the thing. Like, I, I really hate how smoking makes me feel like, uh -huh. like even immediately after the cigarette to say nothing else of like, you know, all of the everything, but the physical act of like smoking, not even so much like like the tobacco itself being smoked, but like the taking a break from what you're doing, the socializing, the like oral fixation part, like all of that is just fucking magical. And if there was a way to do it without it being terrible, I would like do that tomorrow. Like, mm -hmm. So that's that's the rough part for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can go anywhere. When I when I lived in Qatar, I would like walk out the back exit of of a mall and be hanging out there with a bunch of like migrant workers and we would speak to each other in like broken whatever language you know mm -hmm. and uh and just shoot the shit and because you were holding a cigarette like you were all equal you know yep and uh yeah yeah the social aspect of smoking is really that was that was probably the biggest uh thing to try to mm -hmm. kick because even at home, you know, if it's just, if it was just me, especially if the weather is shit, like you don't want to have to go outside to have a cigarette and then you come in and you smell bad and it's just, it's, just, it's all terrible, right? Mm -hmm. It's terrible. But the social bit, yeah, yeah. that's great. Like you said, you get, you know, you take a little break from whatever you're doing to go out and just be with people and talk to them mm -hmm. and like, and you can be from whatever walk of life, but it's, you have this little thing in common and you're all just hanging out, doing whatever. And the funny thing too is like most people don't even really talk about smoking while they're smoking. You talk about all the other shit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, the social yeah. aspect is is tough. It was really tough to to get past that. Yeah. I can think of no superior social lubricant. Like really. Um, you know, when when you are smoking, like people will try to find common ground. Like mm -hmm. you know, even if they don't like each other, like they will tend to try to find something in common to talk about while they like have to occupy that space together to satiate the urge. <laughs> like it's oftentimes how it is. And it's just, it's so intriguing to me that it's one of those things that like, you know, I don't know. There's a, there's a something poetic that could be said about the peace pipe here, but I don't have the words for it right now. <laughs> this yeah, is just yeah. why we need to encourage public drinking. <laughs> Well, but see, you can you can drink in well, you can't drink in public anywhere, but yeah. in many yeah. more places than you can smoke. And so, especially after yeah. you know there was a move and a push to put uh, people in designated era. smoking areas, like mm -hmm. you don't you don't want to be the guy that has pissed off everybody else in the smoking area, and you're no longer welcome there because you have this addiction that you need to satisfy, right? So you need to be in the smoking mm -hmm. area, and so yeah, everybody tries to make peace and and be friendly in the smoking yeah. area because you don't want to be banned from the smoking area. <laughs> yep. Yep. Fun, fun, fun. And, uh, Mormons can't smoke and Muslims could. So that was great for me in Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in different places, it's a great bit of social signaling. Like here in Utah, yeah. you know, it used to be that if you had a beard, that meant you weren't Mormon. Now, it, now that's not so much the case anymore. Yeah. Uh, if you did any yard work on a Sunday, that means you're not a Mormon. If you um, had a beer while doing yard work on any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. If you were, if you were drinking beer and so if you were smoking, like, you know, you could walk out into your yard and have a cigarette and that was a clear signal to everyone around that you are 
at least not a church attending Mormon. You may be a Jack Mormon or somebody who is fallen off the celestial wagon, but you are you are not one of the chosen necessarily anymore. You're not mm-hmm. you're not one of the elect. Yeah. And I've well, I've been gone from Utah for so long that that concept feels alien to me like yeah the idea that the person could do something on their porch that would tell you something about oh, yeah. their inner life is just weird to me <laughs> now well yeah and i was obviously not on the list at my old house when i would come home from work after two or three days and it had snowed and there was a mormon church down the street and i could physically see the tire tracks of the snowplow being lifted and pushed across my sidewalk area and drop back down at the next house to uh, snowplow the rest of the <laughs> sidewalk. It would just push it right over wow. my section, not even do the snow. I could see the wheels in it and everything and be like, are you that fucking petty? <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. That's insane. Like, you're doing <laughs> the whole wild. block as long as you're Mormon. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, I told you guys a couple of years ago that I was out in the wintertime shoveling my driveway, and the bishop lived across the street and a couple houses down and he would have he either he or one of his kids would always shovel my neighbor's walks because they are well they were an elderly couple the husband died earlier this mm. year um but they would shovel their walks and and sidewalk and I was out doing my driveway one day and one of the kids was doing the plow for the bishop who you know was doing the neighbor's yard and this kid just happened to stray a little clo- a little too close to where the fence line ended and met my section of of the sidewalk and his dad came you know running over waving his arms no 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 stop there <laughs> like <laughs> you cannot shovel any bit of heathen sidewalk that would be an affront to god blasphemous <laughs> and now that guy moved out and i think it's his oldest kid who's renting the house and it's funny i saw the <laughs> I saw mm. him uh, backing his truck into the driveway the other day as I was getting my mail and he's got his garbage cans right up next to the front of the house, just to the side of the garage. And he's backing up his Toyota truck in the, into the driveway and backed up too far. And I heard a crunch as he, as he crushed the garbage cans against the house and I had to giggle to myself. I thought that was kind of funny, but what's new with you, Mr. Duffy? I mean, I'm still just doing my my woodwork, and I, I got a I got a fun project, a neat project I'm working on right now, mm-hmm. which which is kind of fun. Uh, a buddy at work who collects like fossils and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what they're called. They're basically like a few like hundred thousand year old fossilized seashells. Mm, Trilobites. Yes, like Petoskey stones. Got, he's got three of them that he wants me to mount together. Uh, and as you realize, a fossil can kind of make a certain number. Mm, mm-hmm. He wants three of them put together. So he wants the fossils to form 666, <laughs> all in black <laughs> black felt and in a black frame and everything sitting there. So I'm trying to figure out right now the best material in the way. I, I'm kind of prototyping different pieces to so they can be recessed into like a foam and everything would all be like uniform with the fabric and stuff. So that's that's what I'm playing with right now with different foam materials. Nice. To, uh, that's pretty cool. To, to get those shapes figured out, to get them set into it. So, yeah. Woo-hoo. Well, that'll be cool. I'm excited to see the finished product. The other day when he was giving them to me, uh, uh, someone else at work was like, how old are those things? He goes, well, if you're listening to the Bible, they're 6,000 years old. <laughs> if you're the new speaker of the house, they can't be any more than 6,000 years old, really. <laughs> yeah. Fun. I think we'll be talking about him a little bit here a little bit later. I believe so. There has been a lot in the news. Uh, I, I don't know how much of it we'll be able to cover, but we will give it the old college try as soon as we get back from these messages. This is Callie. Just remember, love is love. Support your local lesbians. You're listening to The Godless Revolution. Well, cockily doodly do, little buddies. Let's thank the Lord for another beautiful school day. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. That sounded like a prayer. A prayer. A prayer in a public school. God has no place within these walls, just like facts have no place within organized religion. 
Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Well, that was less than a minute that we were off air and not recording because we started talking about stuff and Taylor's like, hey, maybe we should just talk about this while we're recording. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a great idea. Uh, We were talking about, though... uh, we mentioned, did we mention? Yeah. yeah, we did mention just before yeah, the break that we mention. might be talking about my Johnson yeah, just, or Mike Johnson. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I Johnson. <laughs> and, and he is, of course, the latest uh, speaker of the house from the Republican for party. This week. Yeah. For this, for this period, he's the, he's the speaker du jour. Um, and I was asking, so we started talking about it off air and we decided we should just record it. But have you guys seen the headlines about, I think it was he and his wife had their own little podcast or have their own little podcast. And uh, after he won the speakership, all of a sudden, like dozens and dozens of their episodes disappeared from their catalog. Really? I yeah. Hadn't heard that. I knew they had some stuff up on a website that got scrubbed, but people luckily mm-hmm. grabbed the shit from the website before they scrubbed it of all the uh, uh, the shittiness of him. Fucking insane mm-hmm. religious bullshit, man. Just, just like holy shit, crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, they apparently had said things in their podcast that they knew would be a problem for him as house speaker. But that's the thing too, right? Like if you're going to say that kind of hateful shit, at least have the courage of your convictions to leave it out there for all the world to examine. Right. If you are yeah. ostensibly a, a man of the people who's just doing what is right. And you believe that God has put you in this position. You, you're serving a calling that comes directly from the man upstairs. Why the fuck are you having to hide shit about your past? Like, have you, have, has he not been a godly person his entire life? Because everything that I've seen indicates that he has been, that he's been living his best little Christian life the whole fucking time. Well, obviously he thinks, well, I think he knows that some of his opinions as a Christian nationalist uh, are not nationally accepted. (laughs) Uh huh. Yeah, he's anti gay, anti trans, anti woman anti-atheist, basically anybody who is not a white, straight Christian male, he's at least somewhat opposed to. uh, There was one thing where I had read the other day where he was trying to push a bill forward that took marriage out of government and made it solely a social thing. So that way they could basically use people to say gay marriage is not legal. Fuck you. The mm-hmm. government won't have any control over it. It didn't work. Yeah. I'm wondering, how, like, what would be the... I don't understand the motivation there, like, to... So that say, way, like, if, he, if I think he was going with the concept of, like, well, if socially religions control marriage, put it back to that aspect. So that way... It, well, and then take that a step religious further. Religious ceremony right. has nothing to do with government anymore. So that way gays can't get married because no church yeah. would allow it. Well, and and they would go know. a step further, and they would say that they would only provide any sort of like government benefits to the right religions who endorse a marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Probably, um, yeah, almost certainly. Yeah. I mean, that's the back door. It's just like the state's rights. Religion, thing. you get the yeah. If, if the church yeah. endorsed your religion, you get the tax breaks. If the church does not endorse your religion. Yeah. Or your marriage, you don't get the tax breaks. Mm-hmm. And then it would be only if the right church endorsed your religion, right? Mm-hmm. Which would fail immediately. It's just like the one I remember Not from like the current years Supreme ago Court. They tried to, uh, <laughs> well, I was the the one. I think it was one of the Carolinas that tried to do like ten years ago, allowing prayer back in school. But as soon as a Muslim wanted to pray, they're like, "Wait, we can't let him do that." Wait, like, a well, minute. You said prayers allowed back in school, right? <laughs> like, well, we meant, oh, yeah, we didn't specifically say Christian prayer, but that's what we meant. So I guess we gotta get rid of this bill. We didn't say Christian prayer, now, and we're too ignorant to understand that other religions, other faiths exist. also pray. We figured they were just doing magic spells a different way. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, magic spells, well, maybe it's not a magic spell. I just thought this was fucking creepy. Hmm. Did you hear about uh, him and his 17-year-old son at the time? Who was the him? Are we still talking about my Johnson or Mike Johnson? Oh, yeah, we're still talking about my Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My Johnson was making sure his Johnson was in check. 
Oh, with, with the, his seventeen-year-old son with the porn, with a, whatever. Porn. It was basically an accountability app. Yeah. So that way, his son could see everything he was looking at online and make sure he wasn't looking at anything ungodly. Yeah, and if you, when his son was seventeen years old. Uh huh. Yeah, and that if you happen to view any porn, it creates an alert and sends it to your accountability buddy. Yeah. I need to make a grinder account and then VPN into Washington, DC <laughs> and see if this guy shows up. Probably just, you know, yeah, probably. Cause that's, that's that. some Matt Gates level shit right there. Right. He adopted a 17 year old boy. Well, th that, that's not even the same uh, boy. He was 25. This, was his, this was his white son. Uh, not, man, not the black I, one. He took all the photos. Mm, these guys, man. I that's awesome. what I had someone at work the other day was like, Mike Johnson's a good guy. He even ad adopted a black child and was like, hold the fuck on. <laughs> he, uh, he even that's how you know he's a good person because he would stoop so low yeah. as to adopt a black kid. Adopt Jesus black, Christ. Yeah. Well, I didn't even go that route. I went with like, first of all, he had conservatorship over a 17-year-old black guy who mm is an adult now who is not part of the family who does not show up in family photos who he didn't start mentioning until people were like, Hey, what about this seven, this black kid you adopted? He's like, Oh yeah, that's my kid. <laughs> we were hoping to blindside him. Uh, but, uh, you know, exactly turns out he's not doing. great at football. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh. It's like, yeah, look at any family photo that black child he adopted does not show up in them. Because uh -huh. uh, he whitewashed his family. That's that's just crazy. That's just wow. <laughs> well, you can't just, wow. be a Christian nationalist and have a black child. That that's... goes against the racist side of it. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Oh my. Yeah, he's he's a complete and total turd. Um, and we should have we should have seen it coming. Like we should have guessed immediately because, of course, he's a white Christian Republican. Duh. That but there's so many of them. How did we know this was going to be the one? <laughs> well, I mean, you could you could swap them out with basically any other white Christian Republican, and they they would all have similar skeletons in their closet and share oh, the yeah. same bigoted, hateful views about a wide range of things and people. Um, but yeah, I was I, I mean, like we shouldn't be surprised about all of the shit we're learning about him because he is a white That's Christian Republican want. guy. Yeah, yeah, they want Christo fascist representatives. Mm -hmm. They and, want the guy who was the architect architect of uh, trying to get President Trump to stay in office by filing <laughs> bills in different states. The architect. That's funny. Architect. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Louisiana. God said to Noah, there's going to be a floody, floody. <laughs> Get those animals out on the arky, arky. <laughs> well, uh, he was the architect of the ark. Oh. Uh, oh, the. Oh, was Ken he? Ham's ark that he helped get the money for, the state funding for, for Ken Ham's ark encounter. Nice. So, yeah, great. Diverting, because, you know, he's probably one of those fiscally responsible Republican guys who uh, diverted public funds over to a religious cause because, well, you know, that's certainly as, fiscally if responsible. If it's for Jesus, that's all that matters. Mm hmm. Jesus don't ask for money, but we give it. I don't, I don't like the guy. I think the only reason that he actually was able to uh, win whatever vote within the Republican conference is because people didn't know much about him. Like he hadn't, yeah. he hadn't exactly. been around enough or been outspoken enough to create any enemies for the shitty views that he holds. Mm -hmm. And so it was just relatively unknown, but had done enough work for the people that want him in there to get him in there. Generic white guy for house speaker. Yay. Yeah. He's got a black son. <laughs> Can't be racist. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's always, I've always viewed that as such a cynical ploy that I see, um, used by a lot of Republican people. Oh, I can't be racist. I have a black friend or I adopted a yeah. black child several years ago. 
Oh, you've never heard of him? That's because we like to keep that, you know, secret for their own good and, and their own privacy. We'll let them decide later if they want to, you know, be be a fully functioning member yeah. of our sweet little family. Like all the white people of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Just, uh, I, I had a family like that in my church when I was growing up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think... um God, where was they adopted the girl? And then I can't remember at this point if she was from Africa or Southeast Asia, but it was very much like they had like seven or eight kids already. And they were like, yeah, well, we're going to adopt. And it was like very obviously like a doctor told the mother to stop fucking shitting out babies. And they like <laughs> wanted to continue making them. Um, God. And like, like, I'm, I'm going to like, touch the runway and take off again on eugenics but like this is not a family that should have had eight children like all of them looked like they were <laughs> drinking some bad water from the well like it's not good <laughs> why do you have that sunken spot on top of your head <laughs> yeah, room temperature iq and they all looked like they had been formed in clay and then dropped off the table once before they baked it like it was just yeah uh-huh the kind of family that mm -hmm. during at different points in the year, you'll see at least, you know, one or two of their youngest kids just walking down the road in nothing but a diaper. If they have even, even have a diaper on no adult supervision yeah. anywhere yeah. to be seen yep. because fuck it. We can just make mm -hmm. more. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Fun. Oh. Yeah. The, yeah. I, I've, I've known several families like that here in, in Utah. On another slight note, what do you guys think of the uh, Santos drama? <laughs> Which part What's of it? There's been so the much Santos drama. The fact that the Republicans took a vote not to get rid of him, like he's perfectly oh, fine. You know to what? Stay. I I I'm gonna see if I can find this um, because I I suddenly remember what you're talking about and um, where uh, Santos like, we'll sent a letter. Well, well, Santos sent a letter to. Um, Jamie Raskin, my favorite member of the house. Oh, Adam Schiff, though. Mm, it's it's a tough bet between those two, but I really like Raskin. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, Raskin was the head of a small group of Democrats who did not um, uh, vote in favor of removing Santos from the house. And they, they did so saying um, that they did not want being voted out of the house to be weaponized against people who had, who had not yet formally been charged. And uh, Santos sent Raskin a letter thanking him for like protecting him and upholding the virtues of the house and shit like that. <laughs> and there were like multiple spelling errors and shit in the letter. So Jamie Raskin <laughs> literally went through and did like copy editing on the letter put <laughs> oh, a note at the bottom and then posted it on Twitter. Um, and so like there's, you know, capitalize this. You meant to use this word. This word's misspelled kind of shit on it. And then he wrote um, at a letter on the bottom. He said, Dear Congressman Santos, I appreciate your note and only wish someone had proofread it first. <laughs> Meantime, <laughs> you should apologize to the people of New York for all your lies and deceit. I know you must have thought you could get away with it. And uh, uh, I'm sorry. I know you must have thought you could get away with it all in the party of Trump. But the truth is resilient. P.S. It's not shameful to resign. <laughs> yeah. Well, because here is what he's being charged with. So he hasn't been convicted. He's still innocent until proven guilty. But... Uh, conspiracy, wire fraud, false statements, falsification of records, aggravated identity theft, and credit fraud. Uh huh. And you know what the Those aggravated of identity theft things. was? <laughs> what? He was stealing his donors' information to keep getting them to donate money without his knowledge. Mm -hmm. So he was skimming donors' information and just continuing to be like, oh, they did a one time $25 donation. Well, let's just make that weekly. Uh huh. Yeah, some of them were family members that he yeah. that he stole tens of thousands of dollars from. Yeah, because he's, he's a piece of shit. Because he's that awesome. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, just wow. Yeah. Wild. But in this case, Republicans are like, you know what? Just let him stay in office because you need his vote. Mm hmm. 
has nothing to do with ethics. It's all about we can't lose his vote. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the Hassert rule, you know, never be caught criticizing another Republican. Oh, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> what were you saying? Uh oh, about? Oh, I was just having fun with 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 voices and noises. Oh, okay. Uh, is that a <laughs> is that a is that a mug with boobs on it? <laughs> it yes, is. It is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I like that. Um. Yeah. Uh. The whole Santos thing is is kind of funny. Uh. I did. I I, was, I watched an interview. I can't remember who was interviewing, but somebody uh, interviewed Raskin shortly after he made those corrections to Santos's letter and posted it online. And he he seemed pretty pleased with himself. <laughs> he was having a good time during the interview talking about, you know, how awful George Santos is. But yeah, you know, at the same time, it is, I mean, he, even if he voted to not remove Santos, that is still, I mean, he had, he had a good explanation for why, that he does not want that weaponized for people who have not yeah. been formally adjudicated to be, criminals yet uh, like we know for a fact that santos has a ton of ethical problems not the least oh, yeah. of which is lying to his Carrying constituents that he doesn't own around the fucking chamber yeah. get away from reporters yeah yeah we like, could have president al franken right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and that's where i go with like this guy has obviously done shit bad al franken was like i took an inappropriate photo 15 years ago i resign yeah yeah, and that was unfortunate. Um, but you know, that was at the time. What else was he to do? That was that was like right at the height of Me Too, and yeah, it would have been very difficult for him to stay. It would mm-hmm. be it would be interesting to see what would happen if he were to try to run for office again. That's where I'm like, why is it so easy for a fraudster to be a Republican and stay in office? Because he's a Republican. I know. That's why we. <laughs> that's where I think the ethics lie between the two parties. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Well, in Raskin, there must be an in group <laughs> and an out group. Uh huh. Yes, Taylor. We know. Who yeah. Well, and, and Raskin had pointed out. <laughs> Don't make that, me point at the sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Raskin had pointed out, you know, that there is an ethics committee that is looking into Santos right now, and if they chose to formally censure him and or recommend that he be expelled, that's that's something different than just members of whatever conference putting it to a vote on the floor before yeah. he's been adjudicated either by the ethics committee or uh, in a court of law as being But is a Republican-controlled ethics committee ethical? Probably not, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Robert's rules of order are the best way to issue governance, and it is the thing that separates us from animals. <laughs> 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 Parliamentary procedure must be maintained. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, you don't see any other animals using parliamentary procedure in Robert's Rules of Order. That's that's what sets us apart. Although, interestingly, you know how it's like a flock of crows? It is a congress murder. of apes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, murder of crows or whatever. It's yeah. a congress of apes. Yeah. Really? Uh, yep. Yeah, that's that. the like unique plural for them. Yeah. Is that where Planet of the Apes came from? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different thing <laughs> all right well, we'll be back with more news after this little break they were an autocracy they weren't even democratic <laughs> hey this is caitlin and if you sign your kids up for youth sports make sure to volunteer to coach thanks and you're listening to the godless revolution it's all christianity people the little stupid differences are nothing next to the big stupid similarities. He's right. Can't we all get together and concentrate on our real enemies, monogamous gays and stem cells? If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to close out the show talking about more Christian nationalism stuffs because it's not terrific. Or the shit they get away with. Uh-huh, yeah. 
So what what have you got for us, Ryan? You were you were telling us something so, about the Mormon church. I'm probably just gonna, gonna read read from the article straight for you guys from this one, uh from the AP. Uh we'll we'll hit the, the good points, but the headline of this article from the AP is court cites clergy penitent privilege in dismissing child sexual abuse lawsuit against the Mormon church. So I'm guessing then that this is basically that if you are, if you commit a sex crime and then confess that to your clergy member, well, they don't have to report that because there's a, there's a penitent exclusion law. Well, this goes a little further than, I mean, this is even worse than that, I think, in these cases. Hmm. It's, oh, yeah, truly. So, so the Arizona judge has dismissed a high-profile uh, child sexual abuse lawsuit against the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, ruling that church officials who knew that a church member was sexually abusing his daughter had no duty to report the abuse to police or social service mm. agencies because the information was received during a spiritual confession. That's not good. Yeah. The world will not be free until the last priest is hung by the entrails of the last fucking king. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah. So, in, in the ruling on Friday, uh, Cochosan County Superior Court Judge Timothy Dickerson, uh, Dickerson uh, <laughs> said the state's clergy penitent privileges uh, excused two bishops and several other officials with the church, widely known as the Mormon Church, from the state's child sexual abuse mandatory reporting law because Paul Adams initially disclosed during a confession that he was sexually abusing his daughter. Wow. Why the fuck are they in a special category where they do not have to report this? Like, if, if, if it's like, oh, if you're a therapist, you go to your therapist, like, hey, sorry, this is a reportable offense. I have to tell the police you're doing this. Mm -hmm. If you go to your clergy member and their clergy, they're like, nope, I don't got to tell them shit. Keep doing it. Keep raping your daughter. That's so fucking terrible, man. Because on the one hand, like, you can then do whatever you want as long as you confess it to uh, a priest or bishop or whomever who then doesn't have a duty to report that to law enforcement. Yeah. Oftentimes members of law enforcement in whatever area you are in are also members of the same church. That is particularly so here in Utah where, oh, yeah. where as I discussed on, I think it was our last episode that Utah is the only state in the nation where the majority of people all belong to the same church. Hmm. Might not have more religious people, but here they all belong to the same fucking religion predominantly. Mm -hmm. We see that shit mm -hmm. at BYU, right? We talked about that years ago when the BYU police force was, mm -hmm. was reporting back to BYU's honor code office about people that the police had found in compromising situations, right? They weren't, they weren't perhaps committing a crime, but those police officers in their official state-sanctioned and paid-for duties at BYU were reporting back to church authorities what was going on on campus. Yeah. Well, I, I do have a little bit of good news for you. That's going to come with some very bad news. <laughs> okay. The church excommunicated them. Wow. Yeah, but it continued to withhold the evidence of abuse uh, from civil authorities, uh, which allowed him to continue abusing his daughter for another seven years, uh, during which he began abusing his second daughter, uh, starting when she was just six weeks old. You know, the, the one of the disgusting bits of this is that a lot of people who are religious will justify that in their own minds that, okay, well, well, we're not going to report this to the authorities. We'll handle that as an internal church matter. And then ultimately, God will sort this out, right? God will be the ultimate decider. God will pass judgment. God will hand out and mete out whatever justice is necessary or required for this heinous act of raping two young children. Oh, it gets worse. But at the same time, they're also all full of fucking bloodlust for anybody else who's outside their religion— who may not be conforming to every single statute that's on the books. Yeah. So you want, you want to know how uh, Adam got caught? Hmm. 
Uh, he was making pornographic videos, in which point he was posting those online. Uh, and uh, the Homeland Security arrested him in 2017 in Arizona. After authorities in New Zealand and the United States traced the videos back to him. Uh, the fucker committed suicide in jail. Oh, damn it. Damn it, damn it. That's... Uh, so... Just if no, the church would have came forward at the beginning when he started confessing this stuff, it would have prevented seven years of abuse by one daughter, would have never had his other daughter getting abused, would have never been posting uh, child pornographic material to the internet. But no, it's much more important to protect the church than it is to protect yes. the members of the church. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, it's fucking disgusting. Like, I'm I'm so far removed from being a member of any church that when I find out that somebody is religious, I'm like, oh, I thought you weren't stupid. Like, I understand that smart people can be religious, but it's because they compartmentalize and separate their religious beliefs from fucking reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, I just, I don't. And so it's always fucking weird to me when somebody that I know and otherwise respect spouts off some religious fucking nonsense. And I'm just like, it makes me do a double take like, Oh shit. I didn't realize that half of your brain has fallen out or is disconnected from the rest of your fucking brain. Yeah. And I, I well, I hate the fact that even further on in the article, the church is like, we're thankful for this ruling. We think it's in good judgment. We followed all of Arizona's laws. It's like, yeah, but did you do the right thing? You're no. supposed to be moral and upholding to a different moral standard. You're just happy that you're not getting in trouble because you followed the laws that said, we don't have to report this guy. Mm -hmm. So you didn't, and you knew about it. Multiple people knew this was going on. You never did a single thing to stop it. So where's your fucking morality there? Well, yeah, that's just it. They can get around, they can get around any kind of moral implications by just saying, oh, well, we were following the law. Okay. Yeah. Well, the law is fucking immoral, right? Yeah. Like, you you seem to think that if if a law is created, that automatically makes it moral, and that's not the fucking case, man. And they get that kind of belief system from believing shit that's written down in a book that's, you know. Oh, who do you think pushed to have that law put in place in the first place? Probably them. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, hang on, though. Like, let's let's even take a step back from that, right? Like, let's review the, the five moral foundations, according to Jonathan Haidt, right? Prevention of harm, fairness, in-group loyalty, authority, uh, sorry, respect for authority, and purity sanctity, right? The first so two say, are commonly that, adhered to by one, liberals. Like the um, no harm. But when the uh, the yeah, first rule, the no harm. Right. Now, is that to the keep in mind. Keep in mind that that liberals tend to adhere to the first two and conservatives tend to adhere to the, the latter three. So for them, it is a much greater... Like, like they have a moral value of in-group loyalty and adherence yeah. to authority. Uh, they do not have as strong a value of prevention of harm. And when the two are at odds with each other, they will favor in-group loyalty, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. They will favor authority. And religious people view children not as human beings, but as property until they become adults. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I would say in their morality, the prevention of harm is harming the group. Well, eh, that's so they don't want they don't want the church to look bad. So mm -hmm. we're not going to talk about the abuses that go on within it. We're going to hide that because if we if the public knows this abuse is going on within the church, we look bad. So we need to protect ourselves from any harm as an organization, mm -hmm. as an organism, and not as a single entity. Mm -hmm. And and to quibble a little bit, that's that's somewhat playing with the definition of harm. Right. Because all of the all of the moral foundations are is somebody harming X value. Right. Are they harming the value of what is pure? Are they harming the value of what is fair? And and so to disambiguate that so as not to, like, create an all encompassing like mono value um, when hate uses uh, harm. Right. They're talking about actual no shit physical harm. Mm -hmm. Um you know, or, or being hurt by a disease or, or any other form of like no shit physical damage to another person's corporal body. Right. Um, because yeah, you could, if you play loose with the word harm, then yeah, like you're harming the group yeah. or you're harming I, I the, the idea of fairness. It, yeah. 
it's more yeah. of a, a social harm. It's harming them mm-hmm. socially well, and their social credibility. But yeah, so I am. Yeah, that. And that is one of the the um moral philosophy or moral psychology critiques of the uh um moral foundation theory is that like everything just draws back to harm, right? And you're just determining what things are being harmed. Mm-hmm. But hate's counter argument is that yeah, but there's a pretty solid consistency of these five particular types of harms across cultures. So yeah. But I mean that's what it is. Like and and that's why and I don't have the time. Um and I'm not <laughs> even sure I have the inclination. But there there are certain things. Like I mean this is why I constantly go over the the Sark quote or the, you know, the the foundation of conservatism in group out group thing is because it is so hard to get away from this like liberal mindset of I don't understand how they can think X or I don't understand how they value Y. And that's because um, liberals and conservatives literally think different from each other. Um, They value differently from each other. Uh, They organize their social structures differently than we do. And like, if you want to defeat your enemy, you need to know them. And I think that there's so much of this drive to superimpose our values on them and say, well, if they would just think like us, um, you know, then we could uh, like then then they would just be better. And it's like, well, that's that's yeah. not how they fucking work. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when I was being raised conservative, that's not how I fucking thought. I didn't give a shit about the harm that was being done to. Um, the people that I harmed while I was a conservative as a child, because you know they weren't part of the in group. Um, That's where I and I, yeah. I say I'd seen something a little bit ago that kind of it goes it goes directly with this, but where they're going through the psychology of people's brains on whether you're more liberal or more conservative, and it was basically mm-hmm. saying if you are more hopeful in life, you are more likely more mm-hmm. liberal. If you more run yeah. off of a fear based mentality, you're more likely. Mm-hmm conservative and it was like oh shit yeah yeah so there's there's a lot of wires the, crossed yeah but they're saying like Sorry. a lot of the conservative messaging tying in with the fear-based messaging they're coming mm-hmm. for you this is coming after you mm-hmm. it it goes yeah. right to their heart because they're basically hardwired to go the fear message mm-hmm. gets to them better than the yeah, hope it, it, there's a high sensitivity to a sense of being threatened Mm-hmm. Um, and and a defensive response to that threat. There's also a much higher disgust response from uh, conservatives, and the basis of that is still somewhat unclear. Um, but that was kind of found when studies were being done on the ocean assessment, which is like a personality assessment, and they found that like most conservatives rank fairly low on openness to experience, um, which is also somewhat tied to disgust responses. So, yeah. Yeah, it's funny that and that's the people one of those, who, like, who believe that so many other people are, you know, lizard people can't do anything besides mm-hmm. function with their lizard brain. Mm. Weird, crazy. <laughs> no, honestly, I yeah, think but no, that's one of those things where I've like wondered, I've wondered how much of it is is nature versus nurture because I still have very heightened disgust responses to things, um, mm. but I'm like politically a very liberal person with certain exceptions um and it's just interesting to me like i as far as i can tell i'm one of the few people who has like reasoned myself out of a political stance that i was basically otherwise destined to be in um and it's really interesting to see me working against what is my apparent nature um yeah so and i I think this conversation gets into something I know Dan wants to talk about more about on a future episode. Mm. Free will. Uh Mm. Yes. That's one of my favorite things to talk about. A lot. What was, uh, I I know you had posted about it a few times, but if you want listeners to go find the book you were talking about that you want to read first before we have that discussion, what what book was that? Yeah. It's the latest book from Robert Sapolsky. Um, I'm trying to remember what the title of it was and it's escaping me at the moment, but it's, if you search for Robert Sapolsky, it's his latest book on, uh, and it's on free will. And I've, I've seen a lot of people reacting very positively to it, saying that it's, that it's great. He makes a lot of great arguments. I've seen one other person who's been kind of trashing it, but 
Uh, also, that person has been going through a lot lately, so I think maybe that that has kind of colored their <laughs> colored their perception of a lot of things because they seem very angry about a lot lately, like more than usual. So I don't know. Hmm. Um, it's one of well, that's well, I just got the audio book. Well, and it's interesting because that's another one of those things that points to the fact that there is no free will, right? Like because your brain is constantly in a bath of different chemicals and depending on how those chemicals are arranged and in what, and in what proportion you're going to react to things differently. You don't really have a choice in that. You're just going to react according to what your brain is swimming in. Like if he had been presented with the book at a different time in his life, he could have had a completely different reaction to it. But since he's being yeah. presented with it at this time in his life, going through something else completely different is uh -huh. causing the causing him to have a negative reaction, which is completely out of his control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. It's one of those communication. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say also why missionaries all go after people who are in like a shitty time in their life. Uh-huh. Yeah. People. Yeah, and they'll ask you like, is there anybody in your neighborhood who's experiencing any, any issues, any family anybody problems? Yeah. Like you just come to my house and go, uh, do you speak Spanish? <laughs> like, no. Do you know anyone in the neighborhood that does? I'm like, I think uh, predominantly most of my neighborhood speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm probably one of the few white guys that don't hear. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, though. My bad. Oh, no, you're totally fine. I was just going to say it's one of those it's one of those um, issues that frequently comes up in communication, right? That you you pick your battles. There's a time and a place. All of that kind of shit, because people are at different times receptive to different types of messages and or messaging, right? It, a lot of the time it's how you deliver it and the person's state of mind that you are delivering it to. That's why mentalists are so great at what they do because mm -hmm. they are excellent at picking up on and priming people for different scenarios yes. and then feeding into that, feeding into the priming that they've preset for that person that will lead them to choose one thing over another. It's just really cool the way <laughs> it's really cool the way some people can be manipulated so easily. Um, but that's that's what happens, right? That that's what everybody is trying to do. All things are politics, all politics are local until they're national and everything is national these days. And communication is just one of those things that it's it's a fine art. Um, Tracy and I got into a, a conversation the other night about, I, she thought I was being overly pedantic about something. Um, I was talking about, oh, it was, yeah. I, I mentioned something. Oh, it's that when I walk, one of my, one of my, so when I walk, the big toe on my left foot makes a clicking sound these days because my ankles do that. Yeah. Cause I'm getting old, right? I don't know. I don't know what causes it, but like every step there's this audible click, click, click. And it's not painful, but I, it's coming from my foot and we were sitting there. We were sitting on the couch talking about it while we had paused whatever show we were talking, whatever show we were watching, and I made it a point to say, you know, yeah, my my left big toe, and then I said, wait a minute, I mean the big toe on my left foot, and she's like, you're, why do you even have to say the that? Same thing. <laughs> and I said, but wait, I know a guy. I golfed with a guy whose nickname was Big Toe because on his right foot, and he, he couldn't wear regular shoes because of it, on his right foot, his second toe, the toe next to his big toe, was bigger than his big toe. And it was like giant and like, it was, it was a physical deformity, but his next toe was bigger than his big toe and curved over his third toe. And his nickname was Big Toe. And that's and so I was like, well, I try to be as clear as possible when I'm communicating with people so that there isn't any ambiguity about what I'm saying. I don't want people necessarily to walk away thinking that I could have meant one thing when I went to, when I actually meant another. I try to be clear and concise as much as possible. She's like, well, I just think you're overthinking it. <laughs> <laughs> we, had a, we had like a half hour conversation about whether it's more appropriate to say my left big toe or the big toe on my left foot. <laughs> I can see where you're going because if you have a toe that's bigger, mm -hmm. or is it? Yeah. <laughs> but Tracy's seen your feet and she knows maybe your toes are all uniformly sized like a normal <laughs> foot. So she would have gotten that. <laughs> <laughs> you meant your thumb toe. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not Megan Fox. Uh, where I have toe thumbs. 
<laughs> yeah, because they, didn't they uh, didn't they crop her scenes in the movie so that you wouldn't see that that weird thumb of hers? Yeah, I think like a she, lot of the time she would only pose at certain angles, or she would hide it, yeah. or. Yeah, and well, and the same yeah. is true for Daryl Hannah. She's missing part of one of her fingers, and oh shit! And so she sometimes consciously, most of the time subconsciously, like conceals that I hand did. or that part of her hand in any scene where she's on camera. Um, no spoilers for season two of Loki. I haven't started so it yet. <laughs> monitor your responses, but yeah, in season one of Loki, if you pay attention, anytime. Sylvie, the female Loki, mm -hmm. is in like the scene um, closer rather than like at a distance. All of the shots will begin at about her breasts, like just just slightly underneath her breasts is the only angle that the can uh, camera was ever on her. And that's because she was pregnant during filming. Oh. And so they used like a CGI situation to make her not look pregnant from any of the, the shots distance. showing her from afar. And then any of the shots that were close up, particularly the dialogue shots between her and Loki, they would angle it such that her belly was not within the frame. They were forced to do like that medium shot of her the entire time. Mm -hmm. just based on. Mm -hmm. Fuck, and and so, like, knowing that sheet. fact, going back and watching that show, it's really interesting to see how they handle huh. the camera work for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they do that a lot for a variety of different shows and stuff. But I didn't know that about her in particular. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, very yep. cool. We have run out of time for this episode. Before we go, I, though. I do, I do want to say one thing to our yeah. listeners before we go. Sure. If you guys have anything you want to say on uh, free will, please write us. Give us some more discussion points besides just the three of us going back and forth. Give us something to riff off of. Just send us an email at goddessrevolution at gmail.com. If you would like your name used, let us know. If you don't, please let us know that too. Yeah. Let us know. Are you a determinist? Do you believe in free will? Are you a compatibilist? Which to me is somebody yeah. who also doesn't believe in free will, but tries to make excuses for it. <laughs> let us know if you choose to have your name on the show. <laughs> Are you are you the agnostic of free will uh, as far as being a uh, compatibilist? Um, yeah, that's I, I really like talking about it. So I'm looking forward to when we do that episode. Uh, before we go, though, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because they keep the show going. That would be just anti-pro-fascist. Corvo's temporary food servant. Kevin Scheel. Crucify the like button, leave a review on iTunes, and rate the show five times a day towards Celia Gray. Steve Kuno. Sinead Duffy. Tiffany Hudson. John McCullough. Ollie Olson. Vanessa. Two Skeptical Chaps. Stephen Andrus. Savita Kuna. Martina Fern. Not Franz Kafka. Jonathan. Error 404. God Not Found. Up Doug Willoughby. <laughs> Marbin Draken. Avocado's Stinky Sandcastle. Don't be a Richard. McKenz Peterson. All hail, Peanut Butter. Jeremy Goodson. Utah Outcasts. That guy. Wesley Aaron. Hersinian. Amber Krellen. Sarah Segovia. Theodore Sellen. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. And Tim Jacobson. <laughs> Thank you all very much. If you would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode, and then you get all kinds of fun stuff. You get extra episodes every now and then, bonus episodes every now and then, which would be an extra episode, uh, extra <laughs> <laughs> uh, longer extended outtakes. You get a song at the end of the show, uh, all kinds of fun stuff like that. And of course, then the knowledge that you're helping us keeping the show going. Uh, this is the third show now that I will have in the queue to be published and not yet edited. I'm working through those. I should be able to get all three done this weekend though. So y'all are going to be inundated with episodes here shortly. I apologize that that hasn't been happening super regularly, but we have a holiday tomorrow and I'm going to spend the day editing. Yay. I'm going to go Fun. help rebuild a, uh, a paddleboard. Fun. I've, uh, I've got tomorrow off, and then I'm working over the weekend so that some of the soldiers can get a break and actually see their families. Oh, uh, fuck them. 
<laughs> what a nice guy. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure, as always, and I will chat with you next week. Bye-bye. Ciao. Congress of Apes. Is that where Planet of the Apes came from? No. Oh. <laughs> it's a different thing. They were an autocracy. They weren't even democratic. <laughs> right now, I just hope that Sarah's burning toast upstairs or else I'm having a seizure. <laughs> oh, no. Tracy, she's honestly like the funniest person I fucking know. Seriously, like she's fucking hilarious and it's tragic that more people don't get to see that side of her because she is fucking hilarious. 
I, she had me laughing so hard last night. Like she was seriously concerned that I was going to have a heart attack because I was <laughs> laughing so hard. And for so long, like crying out of breath, my, my stomach muscles are all sore today from just laughing so fucking hard, but I'll send you some screenshots. Uh, her mother had a birthday recently and like made, made the ultimate boomer post. And then Tracy has been basically like in training for the last several months She's in this Facebook group, something it's called something like let's pretend we're all boomers. <laughs> and so they, they oh, take, so they take posts that they find online and they'll share them in the group. <laughs> and then everybody comments on them as if they are boomers. And so Tracy's mom made this, made this boomery post thanking people for, uh, wishing her happy birthday. And then one of the first responses is from, my sister-in-law's mother, like a, you know, weird thing who is also very mm. boomery in her response. And then Tracy lands just, oh, it's the perfect, <laughs> like no notes, 10 of 10, two thumbs up, like perfect boomer comment on her mom's post. And I had to get screenshots. I haven't gone back to revisit it today to see if her mom deleted the whole thing because it was just fucking perfect, man. I laughed so <laughs> goddamn hard. <laughs> 